is episode 31, an episode with me, Tiffany Hinton, and we're going to be talking all about raising chickens today on Cultivating Guts. Hello, it's Tiffany, and welcome back to Cultivating Guts, a podcast where we discuss gardening, homesteading, gut health, and following our intuition. I am so excited to be back with you guys, and I've had so many fun moments the past week with the chickens that we're going to be talking all about raising chickens today on Cultivating Guts. So with that being said, if you're watching us, we are on video on Spotify and on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Tiffany Hinton. And if you're there on video, hello, hello, I can see you and you can see me. Uh, And um, I also want to, you know, when we talk about chickens, some of the stuff we're going to talk about is what have I learned? What has happened? Where are we learning this information from? How is how is it going? Uh, does it stink? I'll cover a bunch of different, you know, fun questions that people may have asked me already or people are asking us and things I've had to look up, right? And things that I'm still wondering about. So if you're a chicken expert and you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I can answer these questions, message me. Let's have you on the podcast. That'd be so fun. So before we get started, I want to ask you to do us a favor and subscribe and rate and review the Cultivating Guts podcast. It's a way for people to find us easier when they search for podcasts to listen to on any of their favorite platforms, whether you're on Spotify, iTunes, or YouTube. So if you could do that, that'd be amazing. And if you leave us a review, take a screenshot of your review and email it to me at tiffany at gfmomcertified.com and I'll send you our free four-day hacking your health gut detox plan to help to... Um, get your intestines and your guts and your, you know, your your biome back on track. So it is not just a detox, but it is a whole foods plan to help you feel better and to become more regular. Also, if you're listening and you have a fun part that you just absolutely love, please screenshot it, share it with us on YouTube over at GF Mom Certified. We love to repost and I'm excited to hear what you think of today's episode. So grateful you're here. And for all of our amazing listeners who are helping us grow the podcast and sharing it with more people. Before we head into the show, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Non-Disclosure Apparel, and it is my go-to everyday bra like we've been talking about on the podcast. Super excited when I met Becky a little over a year ago and found their brand new Ellie Bralettes. Actually, I'm wearing one today. Uh, Not only because it has nipple coverage, but also because it has no wiring. It is super, super comfortable. It's not compressing like a sports bra would be. And I can wear it under t-shirts, no issues, no nipples. And people that are listening to the podcast are probably like, what, Tiffany? Honestly, yeah, my girls wear them. Uh, Our photographer now has one. And it is becoming this thing. And so if you do not yet have yourself an Ellie Bralette, Not only is it a female-owned company designed and made in the USA, right here in the US, uh, it is a company that, and and if you go back to one of our earlier podcasts, you're going to hear Becky, but it is, Becky designed this company for her own need and to benefit other women and other little girls who were having embarrassing moments because their nipples were showing through their t-shirts or showing through their dresses. So Definitely, I am super excited to have Non-Disclosure Apparel as a podcast sponsor for my own reasons, but also so we can help more young girls and women and just people that are, maybe you're doing yoga, you're doing farm chores, you're doing whatever, you're working from home. It's your everyday go-to bra, and we have a very special discount for our community only. 
And that code is GFMOM15. That saves you 15% off your total purchase. And then if you order two Ellie bralettes, you will also receive free shipping. So we'll put all those details in the show notes, but definitely check out the Ellie Bralette by Non-Disclosure Apparel. Hello and welcome back to Cultivating Guts. So all about the chickens, what's happening with the chickens, what have we learned about the chickens, and so many more things, right? So we got our first batch of chickens July 8th. And I remember the date because the chickens were born on July 7th, which was my mother's mom's birthday. So my grandmother's birthday was July 7th. And so the Brahma chickens share their birthday with my grandma Eileen. So I should never forget when the Brahmas were born. Um, And so the Brahmas are seven weeks old. They weigh about, I should actually put them on a scale. They weigh about two, two and a half pounds. They're the size of a hawk. (laughs) Now you got to understand Brahma chickens grow to be giant chickens. So we're looking at birds that could be 30 inches tall, maximum 18 pounds each when they're full grown. Um, We have learned that most of our Brahma chickens, we have five buff Brahmas and five dark Brahmas. Um, We have one dark Brahma with a silver lace, um, like collar. And so that one, I'm not sure if it's a rooster yet. We're also like, we ordered all pullets. So pullets are female baby chickens and cockerels are male baby chickens that grow into be roosters. We have a few that we ordered. And and when they, they try to divide a chicken, there's no like sex glands on the outside of a chicken. So the the idea of figuring out when they're 12 hours old, six hours old, that they're female versus male is kind of complicated. And so the hatchery sends them to you and they, they have a 90%, right? So there is a chance we have a few cockerels that will be roosters. Um, I, at one point, thought we were going to have three roosters. I'm still not 100% sure. Um, There are days where I'm on Google trying to figure out how to tell at seven weeks if it's a female or a male. And you really don't know until they grow, you know, their combs and their heads and they start to crow and you really, really don't know. And a lot of people will tell you, you have to wait till they're 16 to 20 weeks old, especially for a Brahma chicken because they grow really big, but they grow slow for a chicken, right? And um, so if we have three roosters, not the end of the world, we are already in the process of finding them new homes. And so the buff Brahmas will lay a pinkish colored egg and the dark Brahmas will lay brown eggs. So right now we're talking pink and brown eggs and the girls were really adamant that they wanted pink eggs. So this will be fun. Um and the other thing is with um, – and so if we have to give away three roosters, then we don't have 10 chickens. So last weekend we went up to Tractor Supply to get three. Um, if you've been on Instagram, you already are like, oh, my God, Tiffany, we already know this. But anyway, we went to Tractor Supply to get three replacement pullets, which would grow into female chickens. We get to Tractor Supply, and they have a little dark – um, I'm not going to remember the breed right now, but any one, one breed. And then they had why nots and the why dots, wine dots, um, that they had were blue laced golden wine dots. So their feathers are ornamental feathers. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want those. They're going to be half the size of a Brahma though at full grown, but they're also foragers. So they'll be good for the garden. They'll eat the bugs, the grubs, and they'll like help 
there with our whole regeneration and biodiversity. And they had five of those blue laced golden wine dots. And so I couldn't just leave two behind. So we brought home five chicks last week. So we have five chicks and the brooder in the greenhouse. We have 10 chickens in our coop from Carolina Coops. And um, starting at six weeks old, so last week, they were allowed to start going out into the garden on days when it wasn't raining. I didn't let them out in the rain. Um, and so, sorry, I just got a text message and it distracted me. Hello, back to you. Uh, so, um, so right now we have 15 chickens, which my girls and my neighbors find hilarious. And one of the girls this morning were standing at the bus stop and she's like, so when we get our next batch of chickens, we already have a brooder mom and we already have the stuff. And I'm like, we're not getting a next batch of chickens unless something happens to the ones we currently have because the idea was to have 10 and we have 15. And she just gave me this little wicked smile like, mm -hmm. we'll wait and see what happens, mom. So that's what's happening. What is also interesting is the Wyandotte chickens will start laying eggs in about 20 weeks where the Brahma chickens won't lay eggs till they're seven or eight months old. So the Wyandottes will start laying eggs approximately a month, give or take, before the Brahma chickens will lay eggs. So we're learning. We're learning all of this cool stuff. Um, we're learning that chickens are very intelligent and they can learn up to 100 words. And so our chickens, some of them know their names. They know um, when we say good morning that the door is going to open. So they're starting to learn that there's patterns that go along with the language that we're teaching. And so the, um, we started, we moved the Brahmas into our, our Carolina coop. This is so interesting too. Our chickens arrived on July 8th and our Carolina coop arrived on July 8th. So they both arrived on the exact same day. It was kind of fun. Like the truck showed up with the coop all on its pallet. And there's videos on YouTube of that. It took us two weekends to build. And then we painted it a third weekend. And then the chicks showed up from the mailman. They'd ridden the mail truck half the day and then got here. Um, all safe and sound. They all made it. They're all good. We learned that the greenhouse gets hot during the middle of the day. So I have to open the window in the greenhouse and ventilate and open the screen on the door. Um, and then sometimes earlier in July when the Brahma chickens were still in the brooder, it would get 110 in the greenhouse in the middle of the day, which is great for growing tropical plants, not so great for baby chickens. So we would move them in their brooder, safe and secure outside. Um, so they were getting ventilation. At four weeks old, they were allowed to play in the grass. So we're learning like at four weeks old, they can play in the grass with supervision. We have a playpen, which sounds hilarious, but we do. Um, at six weeks old, they can start to forage. So then our garden has now been fenced in. It's got a gate. And then we bought um, aviary, avian. I'm probably butchering that word, but basically bird netting like the zoos use. And it's over the top of the garden attached to the side of the chicken coop. So the, the back door, what I call the doggy door, right? The chicken run door. The chicken run door opens. It looks just like a little doggy door. And it goes right out into our potterage. So that's our vegetable garden, our kitchen garden. And the chickens primarily stay in two of the raised beds. And it's very, very interesting to see how they've ran around the potterage and, and they come back to these two main beds. So they tend to stay with the kale and they tend to take naps under the Swiss char. And so they're in those kale and Swiss char beds the most. 
Um, they could care less about the tomatoes, the basil. They stay completely away from the cucumbers and the pumpkin plants, like those things the chickens want nothing to do with. And I was actually hoping that they would eat the squash bugs, if, but they don't even want to go in that area. So that's been interesting. The girls let the rabbit out in the garden last Saturday at the same time the chickens were out. It was all good, but the rabbit got herself like burrowed underneath the cucumbers on the trellis and we had to like dig her out because she couldn't get out. Um, Because the way that we grow our cucumbers is on an upright spiral trellis. So the cucumbers just kind of go up and up and it, and she got down underneath all of that and couldn't get out, but we got her out. Um, What else have I learned about chickens? Uh, We had a chicken, we put leg bands on. I did learn this. So the girls wanted to tell which chickens were what and kind of track their names by colored leg bands. So I got on Amazon instead of going to the actual farm store. Lesson one, go to the farm store if you're going to do this. And I bought leg bands for chicks. Now, the Amazon leg bands were rubber bands, like kids make rubber band bracelets out of, the little rubber bands, right? That's what they shipped us. We get these on the, the Brahma chicks, and because they're rubber bands, they're constricting. And I didn't understand because I didn't have chickens growing up as a kid. So lots of learnings here that leg bands for chickens actually should be loose and should spin like a ring. It should not be constricting. So we had one of the little chickens that ended up with like um, abrasion. And so that little chicken came in my office for about a day, almost a day, about 18 hours, got some neosporin. We had, you know, had to go get some saline solution, clean up the abrasion. And that's um, Mabel, by the way. And now Mabel, it's so interesting, is more attached to humans than the rest of our flock. And I don't know if it's because she was inside for 12 hours and she sat in my office and listened to our voices all day, even though she was in you know, a crate by herself. Um, she was actually in a laundry box basket with a laundry basket on top so that um, nothing could get to her while she was in the house. But She's definitely more docile. She's the chicken that likes to sit on your shoulder like she's a parrot, even though she's a chicken and she's big and getting chubby. And then she likes to groom, um, especially Liliana. She loves to sit there and like groom Lily's hair. It reminds me of like a monkey preening another monkey. Like she'll sit there and pick at Lily's hair and just like, and like that's her way of showing affection. So, and yes, Lily got pooped on one time. So we had to do a whole shampoo and she got pooped on once. Um, so that has been kind of certain learning. So we do have now a chicken emergency kit, right, with different medicines. We know that they do need electrolytes in their water, especially in the heat of the summer, especially when, you know, they are – it. Um, we do probiotics and electrolytes and then we have medicated food – with essential oils in it from Neutrina. Uh, That was suggested by the chicken coach. Uh, So if you go back and you listen to a previous episode, Homestead Hofspa was on and we were talking all about kind of getting chickens up and running. And so I still go back to her. I ended up purchasing her chicken course, which has been awesome. I have her book. So if if you're brand new to raising chickens or you have a lot of questions like I have, Homestead Hofspa with um, Excited for Chickens, Great, great online program. 
Um, she's a great chicken coach. She's very responsive when you send her questions. And I love her book. I love her book for many reasons. It helps you figure out what color the eggs are going to be. It helps you figure out like a whole bunch of stuff. Is it chicken for meat? Is it for, um, is it for eggs? Is it like what, it, how many eggs does it lay? Like our Brahma chickens will lay around 200 eggs a year. So that's about four eggs a week. So 10 chickens, that's 40 eggs a week, give or take. Um, the wine dots that we just got will lay also around 200, a little more than 200 eggs a year. So again, about four eggs a week for each of them. They're smaller. The wine dots are going to lay cream colored eggs. So not white, not brown, but cream eggs. So now we're going to have pink eggs, brown eggs, and cream eggs. The girls still think we need blue eggs and green eggs. So we may have to look for an Easter egg or in the future if we need to replace a chicken. There's also a thing called chicken math. And so chicken math is what happened at Tractor Supply. We went for three. We came home with five. Um, chicken math is kind of like an insider chicken raising chicken farmer joke where you just end up with chickens multiplying and multiplying. And it's not because you have a rooster that's producing fertilized eggs. It's because you keep finding more and more very nice beautiful, cute varieties of chickens, and you just think you need one of each. It's kind of um, interesting. Um, as a kid, I would say I kind of had rabbit math because I had, you know, a Holland Lop. I had a Netherlands rabbit. I had um, a Angora rabbit. I had like all these different breeds um, because I thought they were all very cool. But that, that's another story for another time. So farming is not new either for me. It's just chicken farming is new. Uh, okay, so let's see what else. Um, we ordered – so one of the things too in the suburbs, even though we're not in the country, we still have predators, right? We still have coyotes. We still have raccoons. We still have skunks. We still have, you know, on the off chance, a random snake, although I – only seen one snake in our backyard in 12 years. But there's still – and we definitely have like hawks and uh, bald eagles where we live and vultures and other predator birds, okay? So even though we're not in a traditional farm, we are in the suburbs, we still have all of those predators. So when we were thinking about like how do we keep our chickens safe, our neighbor had like six chickens last year. We think a weasel got them, Right. Don't know for sure, but something got all his chickens. So how do you really keep your chickens safe? And this is one of the good things that I loved about Carolina Coops is they went through and they had multiple videos about predators and about predator protection. And so when we got our coop, it all has like that little half inch uh, fabric wire for all the sides. So it's super tiny. It's not the bigger chicken wire that's like a one inch, right? That a squirrel or a mouse can fit through or even a vole. Um, so super tiny. Then they even run that along the ceiling where it's vented so nothing can like climb the roof and then drop into the coop. Uh, and then we, they, they highly, highly suggest you staple that to the outside edging of the coop and you put it on the ground three feet out on all sides, right? And so we did that. So I bought extra of that cloth fa um, fabric wire in the half inch and um, we use that to build Chestnut, our rabbit's house as well, so she's safe from predators. And then we staple that with the pneumatic stapler all the way around the bottom of the chicken coop, laid it out, put gravel on it, 
and then put mulch on top. So if anything starts to burrow, most animals are not smart enough that they're going to burrow three to four feet out. Our chicken coop too, when you get out four feet on three of the sides is a sidewalk. So, so we have predator fence that kind of overlaps the old concrete sidewalk, gravel, mulch, sidewalk. And then on the back side, we have the predator fence that goes out into the potteridge. I cut the sections of it so that um, those sections I cut so they would fit into the walkways of the raised bed gardens and come out a little bit further. And then we covered part of that area with gravel and then again the mulch to protect that. And so, and then all the little doors for the coop all have locks and latches and even like the the eye hook locks, you lock them and then there's like a spring latch underneath. So they can't just be pushed up by the <laughs> by the raccoon. Um, for many of you, if you don't know, raccoons have a thumb, they have little fingers, they look like they have hands and they can do a lot of stuff with their little hands. So those are all good things to do um, when it comes to predators. The other thing is I don't really let the chickens out in the garden unless I'm home and I'm able to see what's going on because on the off chance something happened, something burrowed under because our garden is just chicken wire, right? So it's bigger hold and there's none of that predator fencing that I have down around the coop. Um, if anything were to burrow under the, the, the actual garden gate or um, for, I don't know, if the squirrels decided to chew through the netting, even though they found how to get in and out of the garden to get their breakfast. They couldn't figure it out the first morning. They yelled at us and yelled at us and yelled at us. Um, and now they're, they figured out how to get in and out through the netting. The netting, it's two and a half inch holes. So if the squirrel like wants to, he can climb in and out. Um, but it's been interesting. So yeah, we learned about medicating chickens. We learned about chicken leg bracelets. Nobody has them now. We learned about different breeds. We've learned about predator fencing. We've learned about food, making sure we have crumble food. And oh my gosh, and mealworms. Dry mealworms are like the secret. So when they get to be five, six weeks old, you can start giving them dry mealworms and they'll come eat them out of your hand. Um, I use those to call the chickens back in from the garden at night. So they go out in the garden, they do their work. They're working chickens, right? They work, they aerate, they eat the bugs, they do what they're supposed to, they fertilize the garden. And then around six o'clock, I go out with the mealworms and I shake this little red solar cup. So again, color and sound, and they come running into the coop run. They all get in, they eat their little mealworms. I lock the gate for the little doggy door for the, the run into the garden. And then they put themselves to bed. So around sunset, right now it's around 7, 7.15, they all march up into their hen house, get on their roost bars and start sleeping. And we just lock the inside door. So that's extra predator protection. There's another door to the hen house and then they stay locked in until 7 a.m. when me or one of the girls goes out and opens the door and then they come out. They have breakfast, they have their clean water. So, and then we're giving them grit because they are eating vegetables, they are eating bugs. So they have baby chick grit that they eat and that's sprinkled kind of around their food area. Um, and that helps with their crop. That was another interesting thing we learned. So as they got bigger and they started eating more food, they had this like swollen side. And I was like, oh my goodness, somebody's got a lump in their chest, right? And then I was like, but that's where their crop is. So let's go figure out why their crop is not like going back down. And then I read that like, 
they fill up their crop during the day. And then while they're sleeping at night, that food gets digested in their crop and then their gizzard and all of that. And then it goes through and the crop when they wake up in the morning should not be swollen. If it is swollen, then they, you need to look for like they have something, a blockage or something. But um, so, and then something else we've learned about the chickens, uh, we learned there's chicken vets. Not that I don't think we'll ever take our chicken to a vet. I have a feeling that we'll just butcher them if we, it comes down to that. But there are vets. If you need a chicken vet or if you have a chicken that's a pet and not livestock. Um, what else? I don't know. There's been so many fun little things. Our new Wyandotte chickens definitely like to fly. They like to like jump out of the brooder if the lid is open. Um, they're a lot more active than the Brahmas were. The Brahmas were docile and relaxed and not very like my girls call them crazy. But the Wyandots are definitely what they call crazy. Like they will jump right out. They will run around the greenhouse. They will think it's hilarious. Um, and so it's interesting seeing how the different breeds act differently, have different behavior patterns. Um, what else? I don't know. They love carrot tops. They ate almost all the tops off the carrots, so the carrots are ready to be harvested anyway, so it's not a big deal. They like the skin of tomatoes, but they don't like the inside of tomatoes. They love having cabbage, cooked cabbage. Um, it's one of their favorite things. Our chickens do not like cucumbers. Even if you cut them open, they don't want anything to do with the cucumber. Um chickweed or what a lot of people call morning glory or um, choke vine, chokeweed. That is like their favorite treat, which is great because that grows rampant in my garden. That was one of the things I used to have to pull every week. And so they're clearing that off and that's awesome to see. But yeah, so that's kind of where we are. Uh, I don't want to make this podcast too long. And Chickens are super fun. So if you're on the fence about like, should I get a chicken? Can I raise them in the suburbs? Can I have them in my backyard? Yes, yes, and yes. Go get them. Get a few. Don't get 15 to start. We're a little crazy. Um, and we'll do another chicken podcast when we have eggs, maybe in a few months. So I know we've done a lot of chicken podcasts lately, but it's like they're my life right now. And we're getting ready to go into fall. So after the, when this podcast comes out, I will actually be at a retreat, um, collaboration retreat for business and yoga, and um, very soul nurturing. So I'm excited for that. And so uh, we'll have some new podcast guests coming out in September. Don't want to spoil any beans there. And it's just going to be super fun. So with that, if you've got chicken questions, or again, if you are a chicken farmer and you want to be on our podcast, love to have you. And um, follow your intuition, guys. My intuition said, get chickens. Uh, and we did. And I'm loving every minute of it. It's been so fun. So have a wonderful day. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share with me what your favorite part was. And share when you're going to try your getting chickens yourself. Or do you already have chickens? Take a picture and tag us on Instagram. Ask me any questions you might have. And I will get you the right resource to answer them. I am a new chicken farmer. I am learning as you learned on the podcast. But if you've got questions and we've got an answer or we've had that experience, I will gladly tell you what we did and how we handled it. I'm here for you and I'm excited to see all your benefits in your health and your life by following your intuition. Satnam, love you guys. So if you love this episode, remember to share it with your friends and send it to anyone who may love this inspiration and information that we shared. To get our newest book, 
your Greenwich Ultimate Garden Planner, you can visit our website, www.cultivatingguts.com, and pick up the planner in PDF, or if you want a printed version, shoot me an email at tiffany at gfmomcertified.com or hop over to Amazon. The planner is a six-month planner, so you can plan your spring garden, your summer garden, or your fall and winter garden uh, based on how you're growing. You could even start to plan your spring garden now and start to look through seed catalogs and make a order list because remember, seed companies will start to sell out. So you'll want to get your seed orders in. In the late winter, um, November, December is a great time to place seed catalog orders to get your catalogs and then to start ordering your seeds in December, January. So pick up your Ultimate Greenwich Garden Planner now and get planning for the 2023 gardening season. To get all the details, head over to www.cultivatingguts.com and you will see everything you need to get started with growing your own garden and helping your gut with the food that you grow. Thank you for joining us on Cultivating Guts.